0: The Colts have got their opportunity on Sunday at 1 o'clock, and it's against the perfect, the perfect foe in the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll also talk about Indiana basketball, a huge win last night against Ohio State, and it sets up a stretch of games that are going to be very, very important if the Hoosiers want to get to the big dance, if they want to go to the NCAA tournament. They have got to do it in January. They're either going to play their way in in January or they're going to play their way out in January. Let's hope they play their way in. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Friday, January 7th, 2022. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best in the business. Avail yourself of his services, 317 849 29 3-3 three, three is the number. Let's talk about sports. Remember to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Let's go. Let's be people about this. You want to see this every day, don't you? Twice. Sometimes three times a day. We never stop churning here. The Colts, they cannot stop churning on Sunday. Yes, this is the perfect foe. they got to play really well. they got to play disciplined football on Sunday. they got to take advantage of opportunities that are going to be presented them. We know what the deal is, right? The Jaguars have turned it over 29 times. They have turned over their opponents only seven times. Colts, pretty much the opposite. They've turned their opponents over 33 times. They've turned it over 17 times. In each category, the Jaguars are at the bottom of the NFL, and the Colts are number one in terms of turning over opponents and turnover differential. What the Jaguars have done, and why this is just perfect, right? Look, every game you look at that the Jaguars have played, and you say they played really well, those happened when Urban Meyer was the coach. Through three games with Daryl Bevel as the interim head coach, the Jaguars haven't played very well. They've been outscored at every turn, and they haven't played well. They, they are a terrible football team with Daryl Bevel as the interim coach. I feel terrible for Daryl Bevel. Darrell Bevel had the same thing with Detroit last year. Matt Patricia gets fired before the end of the season. He had to come in the last five games, led the Lions to a 1-4 and four record this year. He's going to wind up going 0-4 oh with the Jaguars. The Jaguars are going to become the third team in the history of the National Football League to have the nut to earn the number one overall draft pick in consecutive years, unless they deal the number one draft pick this year. The Bengals did it in 1995 and 96, right? Or 94-95, but they traded for the number one pick in one of those years, so they didn't earn it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in 76 and 77 and 86 and 87, they earned the number one overall pick. Hadn't happened since. The Jaguars are going to be that team unless a miracle happens on Sunday. And a miracle isn't going to happen on Sunday because the Colts, they were awakened last week. We heard from Frank Reich, that was a wake-up call last week against the Raiders. They're going to go down to Jacksonville. They're going to take care of business. The injury report is out. Xavier Rhodes, out with a hamstring. O'Shaughnessy, the tight end, out for the Jaguars. That's a big deal. O'Shaughnessy is a really, really good weapon for Trevor Lawrence. Not a security blanket type guy, but close. Him being out is a big deal. Uh, DeForest Buckner did not practice today. He's questionable for Sunday. Everybody else, full go. Miles Jack was full go for the Jaguars. He is expected to play on Sunday. He is not listed as questionable or anything else. So uh, what about Paris Campbell? you're wondering. A lot of people asking about Paris Campbell as though it makes any difference whatsoever that Paris Campbell plays or doesn't play. I feel terrible for him. Jack, or Zach Kiefer wrote a piece at, at The Athletic. By the way, The Athletic sold to The New York Times. Good luck to people at The Athletic. They're going to be downsized. It's not going to take long for The, for the Times to figure out, hey, we got a downsize. We're spending too much money. We're taking in too little, blah, 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 blah. It's what all media companies do. I feel terrible for the people who work there, including Zach Kiefer. Anyway, Zach wrote about Paris Campbell and how he's played a very limited number of games over the, his three seasons in his NFL career. He's hoping to come back. Frank Reich talked about Paris Campbell today, and he said it was a good week. Going to talk it through. Make a call in the next 24 hours. So he and Chris Ballard... They're going to sit down and figure out what they want to do with Paris Campbell regarding this weekend. Do they want to get him kind of uh, immersed in the offense this Sunday and then look ahead of the playoffs? Or do they want to save him for the playoffs? Or is he just unable to play? Uh, You remember what happened against the Texans. Catches a touchdown pass and a Texan uh, secondary guy fell on his foot, broke his foot basically in half. The foot has healed, he's been out at practice, he's working. Is he in a condition to play? They say they're going to look and see how he responds to his week full of practices and then make a determination for Sunday. One of the things they got to really think about as they decide, are they better off with Des Patman or Paris Campbell? they got to think about special teams too, right? We know that Ashton Doolin... His primary purpose, and the reason that he's playing instead of Michael Strawn, is that Doolin is really good at special teams. So Campbell, obviously not a candidate to play special teams because he can't stay healthy when he's on the field with the offense. How in the hell is he going to stay healthy being a gunner on defense? It doesn't make sense. So we'll see what happens Sunday. Hopefully Paris Campbell is able to play. It would be great. If he could figure out how to stay on the field for uh, five more games this season, that would be great, not just for Paris Campbell, it would be great for the Colts, because it would mean that the Colts qualified for the Super Bowl, which is coming up in, what, uh, five weeks, right? We, it's on February 13th, and so you do some quick math, that's five weeks away. I think that's right. I think I've got that right. Uh, the Colts, they could be the fifth seed, the sixth seed, the seventh seed. They could be out if they lose. If they win, they're in at the sixth seed level or the fifth seed level. If they are And we don't know who they're going to play. It could be anybody. The Chiefs could win this weekend. If they win and the Titans lose at Houston, the Chiefs are going to be the one seed, and the Titans would be the two. If both teams win... Then the Titans are the one seed, and the seven seed is going to play the Chiefs. You could have the Patriots as the four seed. You could have the Bills as the four seed. The Bengals could be the third seed, the fourth seed. I think they could even be the second seed. It's all up in the air, and the Colts could wind up playing any of those teams. Who would you rather have the Colts play in that wild card round of the playoffs? I would like them to play Cincinnati because it's an hour and a half down the road, that would be great. Fans could go. We could buy tickets. We, uh, Cincinnati fans are fair-weather fans. They haven't won a playoff game since 1990, for God's sake. So, of course, you'd rather play the, uh, the Bengals, wouldn't you? Yes, we hop on I-74, bombs away to the southeast, Have a great time in Cincinnati to the extent that that's possible. Nothing against Cincinnati, but if you've ever been to a game there, you know how hard it is to find a sports bar in downtown Cincinnati. What the hell is the matter with that city? Indianapolis? Filled with them. I know what people are going to say. What do you think? Indianapolis is Vegas? You think Indianapolis is New Orleans? No. But you can find a sports bar in downtown Indianapolis 365 days a year, and have a great time. In Cincinnati, it's not that popular. You really got to go over to Newport and go to the House, And they don't have TVs. This is a terrible sports city from the perspective of people who want to go there and have a good time surrounding the hours of the game. Anyway. yeah. At some point, and this will be in the offseason, we'll go over my favorite sports cities, greatest places, to go see a sporting event, I've been to a lot. As a fan, as uh, a guy in the media, traveled with the Rams for two seasons, been to a lot of stadiums, been to a lot of cities, had a lot of good times. Um, i got to tell you, Phoenix was terrific, because every time we went to Phoenix with the Rams, um, we, we had dinner with young MC, the Bust-A-Move rapper. He's just a cool guy and a really, really smart guy. had a great time. I popped for a $500 seafood tower at a restaurant. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, hey, that sounds good. Seafood tower, bring us one of those. It was five bills. That was a night that I uh, regretted just a little bit. Anyway, I'd rather play the Bengals, but I'll take the Patriots. I'll take the bills. It doesn't make any difference. The Colts, they beat the Patriots. They beat the bills. If we got to play the Titans, I'm good with that. Took them to overtime. Should have won that game. Derrick Henry's coming back. I don't care. You're either going to win or you're not going to win. It's either meant to be or it's not meant to be. Is Carson Wentz going to be able to play well enough to win a playoff game? I think that if the Colts aren't going to win, it's not going to be because of Carson Wentz. If they do win, I think it's the offensive line. I think it's Jonathan Taylor. I think it's Darius Leonard punching the ball loose. The peanut punch, let's go. Peanut Tillman, defensive back with the Bears, was great at that, and so they named that move the peanut punch. Darius Leonard, the best practitioner of it I've ever seen. Let's see if they get the win. It's going to be, what a postseason it's going to be, and they, if you're afraid, and people in the comments section keep saying, oh, I'm scared of this Sunday. Don't be. It's ridiculous. The Jaguars are not going to be able to compete, and that's just a fact. They are straight-up terrible. Colts are going to win that game. We don't even play the if game with, uh, with the Colts and the Jaguars. And the weather's going to be beautiful. It's going to be, like, upper 70s, sunny. It's going to be wonderful in Jacksonville. If it weren't 12 hours away, I'd get in the car and bomb it down there. But 12 hours there, 12 hours back, I'm no math major, but that's 24 hours in the car in less than three days. That's too much driving. All right, let's talk about Indiana. Big win last night over Ohio State. They put the game away late, went on a terrific run over uh, about a seven-minute period of time. Really, really good, and it was fueled by Trey Galloway, and I thought Rob Fennessy in conjunction with Trace uh, Jackson Davis, who was terrific the entire night, really, really good. If Mike Woodson can get this level of play out of Trace Jackson Davis consistently through the rest of the season, Indiana's in good shape. Xavier Johnson, I know from people on this channel, you are very, very smart. We are in agreement. He sees basketball through himself out. He is always thinking, what can I do with the basketball to help my team win. That's not how basketball is played, especially college basketball, at a really high level. You can't go all Baron Davis. You can't go all Monte Ellis. You've got to see what, especially if you're a point guard, what can I do for the people around me? What can I do for these four brothers that I've got surrounding me? How can I get them the ball where they can score it? Let's run the offense to its culmination and put the ball in the basket. And Xavier Johnson just doesn't see the game that way. And if you go and you watch AAU basketball or watch youth basketball, you see the difference. You see some really, really talented kids. Once they get to the NBA, the really talented ones, they're good. Eric Gordon has always been that guy, but Eric Gordon was so good, he could be that guy. Jeff Teague was a little bit like that. He's made a ton of money. Eric Gordon is going to wind up making $200 million. Jeff Teague, $150 to $200 million. These guys have gotten paid to do exactly what I'm being critical of Xavier Johnson for doing. But Xavier Johnson is not Jeff Teague, and he's not Eric Gordon. And he's got to figure out that in college, you have to be part of the collective and not the straw straw that stirs the drink. There are five straws. And they all stirred the drink. And last night, Trey Galloway stirred that drink hard. He was really, really good last night defensively. And then on the offense, he, the ball just moved. Pop, 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 bucket. If you can run your offense like that, run your offense without dribbling. And if you're a coach, especially if you're a youth basketball coach, run scrimmages, no dribble, scrimmages. And your team, the next time they go out and play... They're going to execute their offense much faster, and they're going to get better shots. You can move the ball via the pass much more quickly than you can via the dribble. That's science. Irrefutable. So Indiana, they are now ranked 24th by Ken Palm. They are fifth in the Big Ten uh, in Ken Palm. They've got a game Sunday at noon against Minnesota at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. They traveled to Nebraska... They got games coming up that they should win. They got a home game against Penn State coming up. They got home games against Michigan. They got a home game against Purdue. They've got the roadie against uh, Iowa. If they can beat Iowa on the road next Thursday, all the doors open. That is a huge game for this team. Beating Minnesota, then beating Iowa, then going to Nebraska and winning. Huge, huge, huge. You do that, you're 5-2 and two in the Big Ten, and you are rolling, baby. You're doing everything that Mike Woodson said that he wanted that team to do. Learn how to win and start stacking them. And if you can get to 5-2 and two in the Big Ten, it's going to be hard at that point, despite the games you've got remaining against Purdue, two of them. You can get to 11 wins, and you get to 11 wins, you're going to go to the NCAA Tournament. Let's go. Paris, is he going to gear up? It it sounds like Frank Reich is optimistic that's going to happen, but they're going to have to figure out. It's not just can Paris Campbell go. It's who do we take down to accommodate Paris Campbell on the active roster. That is a key. Are we better off with this, the potential that Paris Campbell brings us coming back, or are we better off with Des Patman or somebody we know? This is a known quantity for us. That's the question. This weekend is going to be a ball. Tonight at Henkel Fieldhouse, you got the Butler Bulldogs. Uh, They're welcoming Travis Steele and the Xavier Musketeers. Hoping for the best. Xavier's really good. Top 25 team coming into Henkel. Butler's going to have to figure out how to put the ball in the basketball more often. Let's see what happens this weekend with Indiana, Purdue, Pacers. Tomorrow night, can't wait. Butler tonight. What do I think the Colts are going to have to do to improve for next year? We're going to table that for when this season ends, hopefully with a W on February 13th. Have a great weekend. Have some fun.